was so impressed with myself that I pondered slipping on some high heels, you know, to complement my yoga pants. The thing about learning how to cook is that learning how to choose a good recipe is an incredibly important part of the process, and I was woefully untrained. This is how foreign the skill of cooking was to me. I thought onions baked with cream would be an irresistible feast. Later that evening, Jeremy came home, and I pulled the casserole out of the oven as if to say, Look at me. I'm a woman and a chef extraordinaire. I cut a slice and watched as the diced onion poured over the spoon while the heavy cream pooled at the bottom of the baking dish. It looked very unappetizing, but I was blinded by my great accomplishment. It took all of one bite for my lofty pride to come melting down into that dish with the cream. It was awful. It tasted like a spoonful of pungent onions with the cream desperately trying but failing to tame the sharp taste. I remember looking up at Jeremy, almost in shock, realizing that the onion casserole tasted like onions. That was it. My eyes, not yet fully recovered from the tears they'd shed while I chopped the onions, started to wet themselves again. Jeremy, in his sweet, gentle way, took my hand and said, Babe, this does not taste good. We burst out laughing. We ordered pizza. Then we both held the baking dish and watched the soupy onions fall into the trash can. To the credit of the person who wrote the recipe, I'm sure it was not meant to be the main dish— but I was still learning to understand food, how to read a recipe, how to know what ingredients work well with one another, and how to pull it all together into a delicious meal. Over that year, I did learn to cook. In fact, I didn't just learn to cook. I fell in love with cooking. One and a half years into marriage, Jeremy presented me with diamond earrings for my birthday. Once I clarified that they were, in fact, real diamond earrings, I promptly returned them and purchased pots and pans. Cooking became an outlet and my art. But something else also happened in those first few years of marriage. While my cooking skills increased, our presence at the table diminished. It wasn't that we didn't want to regularly gather around our table as much as it was life getting in the way. It was a combination of so many things. It was the difficulty of those first few years of marriage. It was growing up. It was learning to be a responsible and loving citizen of the world. It was keeping up with a demanding job. It was realizing that my relationship with God also took work. It was chores and grocery shopping, my number one disliked task forever and ever. Amen. Inevitably, at the end of each day, right around mealtime, I was already completely poured out. For a while, coming to the table seemed like one last push before I could clock out from the day. But what I would come to learn is that sharing a meal at the table isn't so much another thing to check off my list— as it is an invitation from God to see His goodness and rejoice in His work before surrendering to the night. It's about rescuing relationships and partnering with God to show more of His love to a hurting world. It's about discovering that perhaps before we invite people to meet Jesus at church or at Christian events, we should invite them to meet Him at our table. It's about honoring what God has already given us to bring His kingdom down to earth. It's about looking at an invitation to come and eat as an entryway to God's ultimate invitation to be redeemed and rescued by Him. In its simplest form, it's about mirroring how Jesus chose to enter this world and show His love to the people who needed Him so desperately. 
In fact, it's amazing how often the Bible records Jesus showing up at a table to share a meal, and furthermore, how many times Jesus himself extended the invitation to come and eat. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. John 21, verse 12. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Isaiah 55, 1. Emphasis mine. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Revelations 22, verse 17. What if there is more power in the simple invitation to come and eat than we can even begin to fathom? What if, in sharing a meal, in our eating and our drinking with others...